2: Hello and welcome to Table Manners. I'm Jessie Ware, still without my mum, for the second instalment of Extra Helpings, some of our favourite bits from the last few series. We'll be back next week with Series 10, but in the meantime, here are a few more little tasty morsels to keep you going. First up is the very hysterical, intelligent, beautiful, excellent BAFTA award-winning Ashling B, who came round for a fish supper, um... At the beginning of the year, and trust Mum to bring the conversation around to dogging and doggy style. She is so, so prudish, my mother. Sorry, my daughter's being a cat. <laughs>
3: Hello, little cat. <laughs> Oh my God! You train your child to bring
2: <laughs> things in in its
3: mouth, <laughs> Jessica. Co? What's this? Can I have that? I guess, um,
2: oh, you're a doggy. Oh, you a doggy.
3: It's obvious. It was a bone. I will say you're going to have to work harder on your dog material. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to patronize her by saying that was a great performance of a dog wouldn't. because I read it Wasn't as a cat. it great? It would be very unique if she decided to stay like that. If she identifies as a dog <laughs> oh, when she gets older, you. yeah. What
2: would they call? What would that be? Uh, well, there is. Have you ever seen K nine something or other? Yeah, K nine or eight. I don't know. Anyway,
3: um, there is a channel for a documentary called "The Secret Life of, of Human Pups," and it's very Are fascinating. They the children that were
2: brought up by
3: no wolves or no, dogs. But that's also a, a great one. This one is about a group of people uh, around the world who like to live their lives as pups, and they identify as puppies, and they dress up in. Um, Quite sort of sexy leathery clothes. Oh, and it's like a sex dog. Well, that's the question which sort of hangs over us for the whole documentary. Really, I felt really sorry for like. There's they go to the international like best human dog convention. Um, there is this one guy who's representing Britain, and he's like, he's like, uh, for his, um, and he's dressed up as a dog, and he's his owner, and there's a little bit of sexual tension between the owner and him, and we kind of do wonder well, what goes do on. They don't
4: dogging and things. Well,
3: we don't know. Oh my it's god! It's just a little bit of the unanswered question. But why is definitely... dogging called dogging, actually? It's
4: because of the way dogs do it.
3: Oh, okay, fine. I don't think that's it. That not? I think I it. Know. I think it's... So here's my thoughts. <laughs> okay. We're definitely going to get emails in to us three poor ladies sitting around going, but what? It's dogging. Let's uh, blue sky think it. <laughs> I think dogging might be called dogging because maybe a lot of people pretend to go out to walk their dogs. Oh, uh, that's it, yeah. actually go and uh, wild, it. watch people in cars having sex. And the people in the cars know people are watching them, so are doing it for a performance. reason. Are you kidding me. Yes. Um, and as a performer, may I take my hat off to any side-specific <laughs> theatre? Um, but then I also wonder, is it that you're sitting there watching almost like a dog? I wonder—is that an element that you're there kind of what? looking like? Now, what did you dogs think, think Mum? I'd them. like, as it, but you know the way a dog was sitting, watch you at the table eating, and you just sort of like tongue out. like, I thought watching. it was
4: surmounting the them from behind. Oh, <laughs> no, that that's is, doggy, that is style. doggy
3: style. That is doing a doggy oh, style. Sorry. and that is something I would definitely say I know about. And <laughs> um, the other one. I will say I'm not so sure about the etymology of dogging. <laughs> Dear readers, please feel free to
2: phone in. Please don't. And, uh, <laughs> I'm so glad that my daughter walking in as a dog has turned into doggy style and dogging and absentee. And from, <laughs> I can't believe my. It was like an improv session, wasn't it? It was like the first day at. A new drama school and my daughter's being a cat and other people are talking about dogging. Anyway, from one excellently funny comedian to another, here is the brilliant Joe Brand on the worst heckle she has ever received.
5: As a comic, especially if you do those combative kind of arenas like the Comedy Store Late Show, which basically starts at 12. On a Friday night, it's full of blokes <laughs> from the city who've been drinking It's five o'clock. And
2: they're real hecklers, right? Yeah, absolutely.
5: So what are they going to say when someone like me steps on stage? So you kind of have to be ready for them, really. Um, And so I just kind of built my comedy around going... Do people heckle? I don't give a... Oh, my God, yes.
4: So it's like Mrs. Meisel... Have you May- watched that? Uh, I haven't
5: watched that, but Who I've heard it's brilliant. It's fabulous. Yeah, it's do. wonderful.
4: But people used to heckle her. People She's supposed to be. the
5: most appalling things you could imagine. I want why. To hear.
4: All
5: right. Well, uh, what's the worst? One of the worst ones I've ever got. You won't ever be able to put this out, but why? never mind. Was um, a guy said to me, if you don't shut your mouth, I'm going to ram a table leg up your c.
4: Oh, my
2: God. Hello. What do you, Sorry, do Why what, no. you, what do you, like, do you acknowledge them or, and make oh a my joke God, of it? Yes. So oh, would absolutely.
4: you say, well, you'd ta- have to be a table leg because your dick's clearly too small. Oh, there we go. Yay. Oh, oh there, there we go. I love it. I would what love Mom to. Mom says to road rage would drivers. I yeah. do. I don't you? Oh, no, 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 I'm not a comedian, but I hate, I will have. One-liners with road rage people. I hate it. Yeah, yeah but like what, how, 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 did,
2: how did that work out for you
0: when you oh, said something good. to them, Mum?
4: We drove alongside someone who was eating his food in Brixton. They were going at ten miles an hour. He was having his his jerk <laughs> chicken and rice, and then we were driving along, and I said, "Do we have to do ten miles an hour? You have your dinner?" He said, "Do you want some?" And threw it in my face. No. Yeah, <laughs> from his car. It's such a good aim. It was right down there. Shut well, you we off. were
5: driving through that way once. I was with my husband, and this guy leaned over and said, "Oh, can I can I have your signature?" And my husband said to him, "We are driving, you know." And this guy went, "I'm gonna fucking pop you, man!" I oh, did and like uh... a gun sign. at just yeah. <laughs>
4: Give him okay. the signature.
5: Weirdly, once I hit um, a, a rove, an old rover full of skinheads um, at the traffic lights in Brixton, and then they chased me around Streatham. I know. About <laughs> half an hour, I oh God, was like terrified. terrifying. No. Absolutely, no, <laughs> it, you,
4: was. it was. No, but it you just... know the best thing to do if anyone <gasps> chases you, you park outside a police station.
6: Okay. Oh,
2: sorry, because you're really thinking about where's the law. <laughs> well, I'm just telling station. you now for advice. Thank you, Mum, because you've been on so many. <laughs> Because <laughs> I'm abused.
5: Do, do you abuse Well, motorists? I
2: well done. I Why think that's they? great. Men Don't men are you think so that's sexy. great,
5: really? Well, it's you're the dangerous. you know. the passenger. It's really dangerous. I know.
2: And you're pregnant, I think. Yeah. Please think about <laughs> the baby. <laughs> <laughs> the wrath of Lenny Ware has certainly got her into trouble a few times. We have been lucky enough to have two Spice Girls on Table Manners, the two Mel's. Mel C was on recently and it was a joy to have her. She was our first guest back in the flesh post-lockdown. So check out Mel C if you fancy it, but also check out a previous episode of Mel B who came around for a Sunday roast in 2018. Um, She was really late, but we forgave her because she came in looking like Scary Spice, looking like a pop star and revealing that she has some rather unusual pets. Do you grow your fresh herbs? No. no. Why do you have a little organic garden out there? I don't
4: you know. Should. Don't you
7: London, it fucking taste tastes like
4: down th- with rain, and it's horrible. Yeah, but you
7: can still get like mm. a little cage thing for it. Yeah, I could. You should. Do you have a herb garden? No, I should do. No, because I have a goat. I have a fainting goat, and she'd eat everything. Why is it called a fainting goat? Does it faint a lot? Mm-hmm. It's bred like that. So if, if it gets really excited, or when you feed her. And I did this purely for that, for that response because I look out into my garden and I laugh because if I go, Billy, she goes like
2: this and then just kills over. It's and they're bred like that. That poor fucking goat got Scary Spice as its owner. <laughs> Fuck yeah. How many times has it fainted? At least four or five
7: times a day. Uh, but a it's day? it's the funniest thing you'll ever see. Well, it's if it's
2: you it got low blood sugar
4: or no, something. No, they're bred like that. It's a certain breed <laughs> Why? of a goat.
7: And I tie-dye her with vegan tie-dye. So she's got all the shackle colours all over her coat. Shackle. Very funny, but she's, she's, they're very highly intelligent. I mean, they're seen as being quite a demonic animal to have, but they are the coolest breed to have in your back garden. Do you get goat really milk cool. from her? No.
2: I love the idea of tie-dyed goats wandering around Melby's garden. It's uh, like she's still holding on to the 90s with um, both hands. Gripping on, in fact. Um, up next is a Hollywood icon and music star and another one of mum's uh, many crushes that we have on the podcast, Kiefer Sutherland, who regaled us with some brilliant anecdotes. I want to know, where do you love to eat in Los Angeles?
8: There's a couple of places in Los Angeles that are really quite extraordinary. There's an Italian, kind of cross French and Italian, called Il Piccolino on Robertson's, oh, yeah. one of the nicest restaurants. And then I've always enjoyed Mr. Chow's in Los Angeles. I've
2: never uh, been, but everyone have
8: talks Have you been about to the one here? I have, yeah.
2: yeah. Is it? Is it as good or different? No,
8: the, they're, the menus are the same. Just the one in Los Angeles, I, I was roommates with Robert Downey Jr. when we were about 17, 18, almost 19. So Wow, we lived wow that
4: would have been a powerful duo. <laughs> did you
8: have <laughs> lots of fun? We did. Yeah, We had right. a great time. Yeah. And we both started working around the same time. And he was dating Sarah Jessica Parker, so she lived with us as well. Did
4: he go out with Sarah Jessica. Yeah. yeah. I didn't know that. They yeah. lived together
8: for a couple of years, and then Billy Zane was in the apartment next door. Hell.
4: Did he have He's hair? Did he have hair? He did have hair. <laughs>
8: he did have hair. And so we were all friends, and we had a couple other friends. And Robert and I started to work first. And so, and I got very lucky. I got very lucky with films like *Stand by Me* and *Lost Boys* Mm -hmm. and *Young Guns*. Quite all within the first couple years. And then Bobby went and did *Saturday Night Live* for a while, and then he got a couple big films. And so, we would take our friends. Like, what we thought success was was being able to go to Mr. Chow's once a month, Mm -hmm. and take our friends and have kind of what we considered to be a really posh night. And so, I will always have those memories of that restaurant going all the way back then so when i go there now it just kind of makes me smile
2: what did you and robert used to order oh robert like, what was Ro- beans no i know Rob- but
8: robert was awful no i from there i would i would order uh, they had a really wonderful wonton dumpling soup uh you'd order the squab with the lettuce and the plum sauce chicken joanna, the most tender chicken dish I've ever What's had. It's a chicken joanna? It's, you have to go there to experience, oh, but it's, yeah. it's, a, it's a chicken beaten okay. within an inch of yeah. its life. And, uh, and then Singapore noodles or, or whatever noodle dish you would want. But Bobby, towards the end of us having these once a month dinners, would come in and order the duck, which was the most expensive thing on the menu, and then leave before the bill got <gasps> <laughs> <is so> <laughs> and he, was he, he used to laugh by doing, then? oh yeah he did it so, he did it to t- mess with me and it was always so very you I, paying yeah but wow. trust me he took care of the things He was a very, very funny boy.
4: Are you still chums now?
8: I don't see him as much as uh, I think either one of us would like. I saw him a little while ago, and we kind of hook up for lunch. I think one of the problems is everybody gets so separated because of where you're working, and I've been again on tour for so long. that, But we do check in on each other. Uh, One of my favorite stories of his, we were doing a film in Savannah, Georgia, and he took a fire extinguisher. And I had gone to bed early, and I think he was upset with me for that. So he took this fire extinguisher and he completely sprayed my hotel room door and then put it behind him, let it off, and walked backwards all the way to the elevator, and then hurled the fire extinguisher down back towards my door. So it looked like I had done it. So
6: he basically just thought you in trouble. In, yeah, I walked just into my door.
8: Prankster? Well, about a week later, I, I found a substance that would wear through metal and i put it on the hinges of his door and about 3 days later his front door fell through so we were in a hotel that was Good an atrium God. so all the doors were purple except for Bobby's which was just black steel and so we had a lot of fun back then we kind of a lot of practical jokes and teasing and kevin bacon and i were doing a film called flatliners together it was mm-hmm. the first time yeah. that we worked together and it was a scene with he myself and julia and There was an aquarium. And in the aquarium were these four goldfish. And Kevin said, I dare you. No. And I said, what? And He said, I dare you, before this scene's finished, see if you can swallow one of those goldfish. And I said, sure. And so I caught it in the little net when they were kind of moving the cameras around. And it was just to make them laugh. And, And I took the goldfish like this, and I dropped it in. And what I wasn't expecting, when I swallowed, I realized why we have the mechanism of our Adam's apple. It crushed the goldfish. It oh, my broke, God. It broke its back, and I could feel that.
4: Oh, my God. In
8: my throat, and I'm like this. Ke- no, 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 I got it down. But Kevin, Kevin I think he, he had to, it was a dare, so he then had to do something. But if you watch the film, at the beginning of the scene, there are four fish swimming around. And at the end of the scene there are three fish <gasps> staring at okay. me oh God, and yeah. not, n- no other fish. So.
2: I'm ri- I'm sorry Keith you you can't eat a fucking egg but you can eat a goldfish. it's not
8: it, well and the goldfish was a one off. So yeah, I'm not going to do but it. You'll again. do
2: anything for a, a death.
8: For a laugh, yeah, for a laugh.
2: It was so brilliant to hear those stories from Kiefer. You know, you never know what you're going to get when you get I mean that that's a Hollywood star right there and he really um dished the dirt and If he's dishing that dirt on a brunch with mum and I in Dalston, you know he's got plenty more up his sleeve. It was a lovely, lovely brunch. I just wished he'd eaten a little bit more of the brisket. Here's a treat. We had the gorgeous duo Mel and Sue on during lockdown, which really lifted our spirits during lockdown. It was we were feeling low. I think it was like three weeks in and they were there. Mel was in a wardrobe and sue was trying to clear out her whole larder of um she was really doing well on the kind of non-shopping lockdown cooking and of course the topic of sourdough bread came up of course everyone's starting their starters and we had to talk about it to the wonderful melon sue
4: but i want to know because sue have you got a sourdough starter
2: about your person. No, but
7: you know what I did have for ages? Um, what? Paul,
4: Paul gave me. Oh, yes. I bet he's got a few sourdough starters. Oh, I, I imagine has, he has. <laughs> has. He'd like to show them to you as well, Lenny. Yeah. Bet I'd would. love to see his sourdough <laughs> starter. I
7: mean, we, we, we've got his number. We can get him round to give you a bit of a, you. bit of a sourdough starter. Yeah, he gave me um sourdough starter that was the mother. Um, it, it was 75 years old, the mother. So they'd just been taking bits wow. off, adding to it, adding to it. He'd got it when he was in Italy and gave me a bit. And I kept it alive for about six months and made some incredible bread out of it. And then the, mo- the problem with sourdough is it's like having a dog. You wouldn't ever leave a dog for two years. It's like days. a tamagotchi. tamagotchi. Yeah, it's exactly.
2: a
4: tamagotchi.
7: Yeah. So like yeah. I effed off for like, I don't know, I went on a mini break or something. You can't mini break with sourdough stuff <laughs> So fuck that. You've got to be on it. You have
4: to take it with you. <laughs>
9: it died it died how does it die it does it just desiccate yeah what does it look like when it dies yeah.
7: uh, well you just you put it in you, you basically take a bit off as if you're going to make the bread and the bread is like a, a brick so it has no aeration yeah and it's basically just gone back there's no bubbles in it it's just gone back to oh, being like sludge flour and water sludge sludgy. does it I murdered it I murdered oh, a 75 year old Italian starter.
9: (laughs) What was he called? What was he called?
7: Giuseppe. 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 (laughs) Giuseppe, See, Giuseppe. I killed Giuseppe. Oh,
9: I've never tried a starter. I'm a bit scared of bread, which is stupid. I'm scared of it.
7: Me too. Melly loves pastry. I love bread.
9: Yeah. There's one recipe that Paul showed us actually, which was really, really good. Which only involves water, dry yeast, and flour. And a bit of oil, and it's brilliant. Oh, I could do that. It's really good, Jesse. It's really I'll send it to you. Where did you grow up? Me. I so, um again, another thing that Perks and I uh, share is that we both grew up in Surrey in the Burbs. Surrey. So... Yeah, I was I was on the outskirts of Leatherhead in a little um near a village called Fetcham in a 1968-built cul-de-sac for the first 11 years of my life, and very, very happy years they were, actually. I'm slightly obsessed with Leatherhead. It seems to feature a lot. In fact, Sue and I have a band called Leatherhead, and we need to start practising, mate. Oh,
2: shush. Should we know about this band? Can we hear you on Spotify? Not yet.
9: <laughs> there was only ever one gig, in fact, two gigs, Jesse, One in St Albans. Yeah. Uh, in a, in a place in St Albans, and the other at my brother's fortieth birthday party. We've never played. No, since. We've never played. He's sixty. He's sixty now. Mate, half of Leatherhead played at your birthday. <laughs> That's very true. Half of Leatherhead played at my fiftieth birthday. That is very. true. Do you true. wear leather? No. We need to talk about oh, costumes, okay. actually, Perk. I've got some ideas. We need to get leatherhead. We okay. need to get
7: leatherhead off
9: <laughs> the ground. The
7: older I get, the more naked I want to be. The more Strong. that my body resembles a sort of flesh landslide, the more I f- want to free up and just show it off. Yeah,
9: man. <laughs> I might wear a bikini this year. I might just wear a bikini. I haven't worn one since I was about fifteen. I fancy a bikini.
7: You think? Fuck yes. Oh showing- God, that's the last yeah. thing I bloody yeah. want. I want to. Sh- I'm going to go topless with a pair of leather chaps, <laughs> and I might wear a sort, <laughs> of Swedish, a sort of Swedish, you know, those sort of blonde plaited wigs. Yes, might do that. Like Mariah
9: Carey. Uh, yes, exactly. I want to. Sh- I want to get in the back garden when the weather gets warmer and just get all the scars out, the stretch marks, the rolls, the dimples. I want it all out. I've decided. Get it out. I've turned a corner, lads. I've turned a corner. <laughs>
2: I say bring back Leatherhead. They could do a little acoustic number on on the internet. I would pay money for that, especially if they really do wear those costumes. Um, Mel and Sue on Table Manners, an amazing, amazing episode. One advantage to lockdown was that we were able to speak to people on the other side of the world and record over Zoom. God bless Zoom. Here is actress Florence Pugh, who I had a huge crush on, and I definitely made that quite obvious with her. Um, she was very pro with how she kind of dealt with that, um, with mum managing yet again to bring it down a notch or two.
4: But I'm fed up with cooking, to be honest. Really? Because like, usually we go out... I would go out two or three nights a week, at least. She's a social butterfly. Yeah, <laughs> but, but or at least even twice, even once, but I haven't been out for five right. weeks now, so probably longer, because we didn't go out for probably two weeks before that. So I'm getting fed up with, it's not I'm fed up with cooking, but I'm fed up with my own food. I'd like. Are you, are
1: you living with anyone?
4: No, I'm on my own.
1: Oh, no. I'm going mad. You know what you should do? What? My my friend told me that she did this one weekend and it really helped. Um, pretend there's a bar in your house. Get a bar ready and play some background music and put some some background noise on and pretend you're at a bar. Oh, I'll do that then. <laughs> she did it and she said I had a great time. You can pretend you're on a date too,
2: Mum. Yeah. Pretend that you meet a tall, dark yeah. stranger. <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. <laughs> well, i have a blow-up, I've got the blur up Peppa Pig, that's all. Hey,
4: hey. that's a nice idea. I'll blow-up pepper Pig <laughs> and have him sitting opposite. <laughs> Maybe I'll order a blow-up, I bet Amazon do blow-up men.
1: Mum! Probably. What's a, that, like a sex toys? Yeah, yeah they do. Hey, they'll be an essential item. They, they are. And blow up, did, you say, blow. did you hear? Me? I was watching John Oliver the other week, the other day, and um, they, there was someone interviewing an Amazon worker, and this Amazon worker was so upset that dildos were still an essential item. You're and kidding. And he kept on just saying he was like, "Dildos, dildos are an essential item. Um, hey, people must be, you know, desperate needing a dildo, needing a dildo. But
4: actually, if you're on your own, why would you need a? Di- oh no, maybe these people are together. Because you need a dildo. Isn't that a strap-on? No, that's a strap-on. Oh, sorry. I'm getting mixed up now.
2: That's all right. why do we always get to you discovering sex... Things. It's like we had Ashling B on and Ashling B and Mum had a big discussion about dogging. dogging. So now um today on Table Manners, Florence Pew and Mum will be talking about strap ons. Or dildos. Or
4: dildos. That's Florence Pugh that brought it up, not me. Also, I have
1: a very funny story. Um, We just fostered a puppy about two weeks ago, and after one week of having her, we realised that it was never gonna be a foster, and we adopted her. So uh, the other evening, she runs off somewhere in the garden, and um, we're calling her back. And um, we have hedges on either side of our of our neighbours, and she's in amongst these hedges, and she's digging for ages. And we're calling her, calling her, calling her, and then she comes back, and she comes back with a massive muddy dildo in her mouth. Good. God. Wow. And we are so shocked. Are you sure it was a, a dildo, slash, Florence? It was a dildo. It was a full-on
4: dildo. How do you know exactly? Because,
1: because <laughs> it was a long dildo and it was very funny. And Whose dildo was it, Florence? Well, it was a dug dug deep into the ground. I don't know who put it there. But <laughs> they the funny thing was is that she was so proud and she was so excited by finding this dildo and we were simultaneously trying to get it off her whilst laughing. She didn't understand. And of course to a <laughs> puppy that's like the best toy ever it was nice and squishy anyway that was very funny is she allowed to
2: keep the dildo as her
1: little um, squishy toy well no we thought it, it would look a bit fucked up if people came around and she had a penis in her mouth um <laughs> so we had to chuck it away but my mum was very disappointed that we didn't keep it for her and I said mum if we have guests around and she whips out a penis people are going to think that it's mine and that's not a good look no it t- so, is not no <laughs> We are chucking it there away. There wasn't
4: a dead body in the grave as well. Dead person buried I with mean, the dildo.
1: Yeah, killed by dildo. <laughs> Death by dildo.
4: <laughs> <laughs>
2: So who knew dildos make great dog toys? And last but not least, here is the delectable John Bishop who joined us for a live show just before Christmas in 2018. He is a charming man. I love him so much. I feel like this is um, saving the best till last with mum's ultimate crushes. Um, this is the wonderful John Bishop in one of our Table Manners live shows. I'm sorry, my mum is gonna kill she me. She was very, very polite and being charming. But you should have seen the email she sent <laughs> when we were going through the menu. And she oh, went, that's so mean! Don't you? <laughs> <laughs> Firstly, she was like, "I've got this great recipe. It's got anchovy and..." But I was like, "Mum, he's a vegan." She went, "Oh, Pussy Bishop!"
10: <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if. Now if you'd <laughs> have put that on, the vet, that. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. I've got no problem with that at all. What did you think? If that's good hummus, that's good Yeah, hummus, huh? Wait, that's to bean, <laughs> cumin.
4: It's,
2: it's good what? Cumin.
10: Yeah, right?
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got... <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Right, Okay. We've got we've got some fucking olives because you know what <laughs> it's fucking hard vegan canapés are fucking hard they are but when no. you like a bit of meat well, they are yeah. I was going to mum but does it oh, listen
10: you can get a load of like, I'm not I'm not one of these people who like ram like people whenever you mention that you're a vegan or something people think you're some kind of ramming it down everyone's throat which isn't the case like me kids we didn't bring the kids up vegetarian because it's a choice I've just made that choice and i found now that there's more and more and more things that you can have, and there's, there's loads of plant-based products, there's loads of things it like corn and stuff like Shut that. Up, oh, yeah.
2: Yeah, you love it when I bring oat milk to your house, don't
10: you? Yeah. <laughs> you know, corn and stuff, where you get your protein, so there's loads of things you, you can have. You don't just eat olives every <laughs> <No>. day. <laughs> me and my Ol- wife looking at each other, going, oh, have an olive. An olive <laughs> and an. <nut. laughs> Yeah, uh, pussy, what? i a <laughs> <laughs> <Whole> pussy, bishop. <vision. laughs> I love that. I love it Sorry. So
2: much. <laughs> um, are you a good cook?
10: Um.
2: Is he a good cook? No, no that's shaking of no, a head.
10: No, I'm not. I'm not. I keep on. It's one of the things that I want to achieve in my life. No, it sounds staffed on it. Achieve, you know, like climbing a mountains, achieving something. and now to cook is just being practical in it. I but what I mean is. I keep on thinking I'm going to go on a cooking course, but I also keep on thinking I'm going to learn Spanish and learn how to play the piano. There's loads of things that I think I'm going to do and I'm literally running out of time.
2: But is it because your wife's a good cook that you kind of... Is your mum a good cook? Yeah, your yeah,
4: mum's
2: alright.
10: I <laughs> think
4: you're like crying for these
2: poor children. <laughs> yeah,
4: <I>
10: know yeah. <laughs> dad and the mum can't cook. <laughs> I know, but we can buy food. Oh, you buy food. I want no, to know, what, know what, what they were eating. I, I think I what, think what it is, we're not really foodies. You know, you get some yeah. people who are okay. passionate about food. And I like food, uh, but but it's never I see it as fuel, I just see it as something uh, you've got you to have to But I'm live. changing, yeah. yeah. I'm changing. It, this has been a journey, so now I'm mad, mad, mad keen.
5: Right.
10: This is why I wanted to come on. This is why I like things. I, I've I've, sta- I've reached a point in my life where I like country file and cooking shows. That's what's happened yeah. to me. Middle age. Yeah. It is middle age. I'm I mean, I'm normally doing crack cocaine while I'm watching them. But... <laughs> country file's great on crack. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs>
2: <laughs> john and i have been in touch um since he hasn't spoken to my mum since she called him pussy bishop but we're still on really good terms um thank you so much john bishop um, and that was a really amazing audience too um it was really really good fun we will be back next week with a brand new season it's season 10 it's got some massive names on it we're not letting you down we're never going away you poor things thank you so much for listening and i hope you've enjoyed these best of um extra helpings um, little snippets for you it's been so funny listening to them apologies if anybody saw me on half moon lane with the windows down it was a hot day and i was just checking the edit and laughing cackling shall I say at my own voice which is really quite embarrassing now that I think about it but um but no we we love doing this and we can't wait to um, have more new guests for you so we can have another little uh, extra helpings for you in a year or two um all right lots of love take care and we will see you next week Thank you for listening. The music you've heard on Table Manners is by Peter Duffy and Pete Fraser. Table Manners is produced by Alice Williams.
1: Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time.